is what it's about. If you haven't heard lately, there's a lot of hubhub about a new LUT box that sort of broke the mold with regards to how LUT boxes have worked in the past, how they've been packaged and things like this. Sure, you can use this particular LUT box to calibrate a monitor, or you can mount it on a camera for live preview of log and raw video capture. What Fujifilm has done is fit this into a rather tiny box, actually and it has a built-in test pattern generator. But the cool thing is Fujifilm includes their own software called IS Manager. It's dead simple to use, extremely fast, and amazingly complete for profiling and calibration purposes with their particular LUT box. It just took me minutes to set it up, create a LUT for a client display I have in the studio. And the whole thing's at a rather reasonable price. But the real deal is that this IS Mini, as the box is called, is part of a larger product family that makes it possible to manage dozens of IS minis over a network for a multi-camera shoot so everyone can preview the log or raw feed at any point that they need to. And that's pretty cool and we're going to hear more about that. For me, I was rather lucky here locally in Austin is a company called Omega Broadcast and uh, the guys were talking about color grading and display calibration and they brought me this big black case that had an IS Mini and an i1 Pro spectrometer in it, spectral photometer in it, and it was, they said, go do something interesting with this. So I thought, let's get an interview going because everyone's talking about the product right now. And I, you know, one thing that I've always uh, sort of been on the lookout for is when they're new products, what's the support like from the vendors? When I was um, in Seattle earlier this year talking to Spectracal, they were talking very highly about the Fujifilm team and what they were doing, and in particular with this IS Mini. And that certainly fit with what Omega Podcast was doing. So I thought, let's get a hold of these guys. They sound pretty exciting and energetic. So let me introduce them to you. There's Michael Bobinko, who's Marketing and Sales Development Manager. Hi, Tom. Hi, Michael. Where are you calling from? From beautiful Burbank, California. Burbank. Oh, yes. Oh, this is so pretty up there. And Michael LaFuente, who's the key account manager. And Michael, you're in West LA, you said? That is correct. West LA, right by the beach. Oh, that West LA, right by the beach. Okay. Are you close to Santa Monica? I am. I'm literally a block away from Santa Monica. Oh, what a rough life. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. And, it, and it's a chilly 65 degrees here today. That's nice, actually. Yeah, it's been really cool here in Austin, too. Um, well, okay. But before we get rolling, I'd like to get a few details going with regards to why Fujifilm? Now, yeah, I've been a big Fujifilm fan for years. I know they have great cameras. I certainly used to use their film years ago. But it seems to be a rather aggressive uh, effort here. Or maybe it's just new and I wasn't aware of it uh, with, with these new products in the production and post-production marketplace. Can you guys tell me a little bit about what's going on with Fujifilm? Well, I can definitely address that. First of all, like you said, you've been a fan of our film products for many, many years, yeah. as have millions of users. Yeah. So it should not be a surprise that we understand color science. Mm -hmm. So this is you know, a departure for us in the motion picture world, but this is something that we've been doing for almost 80 years. Fujifilm was actually founded as a movie film company. That was the very first product we had. Right. But we've also been doing digital cameras now for many, many years. Like our X-Series cameras that hit the market a couple of years ago have been winning gold awards you know, for many review sites, and we can't even keep them on the shelves. Uh, <laughs> and that's all due to you know, our own proprietary sensor design. Again, it all comes back to color science. Yeah. Uh, we, do, yeah. we make scanners, we make chemistry, we make lenses, we have an optical division. So... That's why for us it was we saw that motion picture 
film usage mm -hmm. was declining very, very rapidly. Yeah. And our color scientists figured out another way to put their know-how to use. How about one of you give us a rundown on the IS mini box specifications? What is it that's unique and how you see the various purposes of that box being a fit now? Um, I'll take that one. So uh, the main thing about the, the mini is that uh, it's, it's really, really versatile. There's some people that only use it for monitor calibration. They're in situations where they have a color bay with a plasma for the client, mm -hmm. an OLED for the colorist or the compositor, and they have to get those to match. And those can be, that can be quite a challenge because, as, as you know, plasmas and OLEDs and LCDs all are different technologies and they have, they, they operate very differently. So even if you take a good probe and you, and you shoot them and you shoot for the same numbers, 313, 329, they're always going to be slightly different. So our box takes care of that. So we have people that are just using them for monitor calibration. We have people in the field that are hanging them on cameras and using them for LUTs. Just uh, they're doing simple conversions from S-Log to like on an F55 to mm -hmm. 709 mm -hmm. to some people that are using both functions in the box. Um, so they're, they're, they're quite versatile. And the great thing about the box is it it doesn't strip any any data that's coming out that SDI stream. It passes it through. So it's it's it, you could put it anywhere in any pipeline and it, it's quite adaptable to that. And on top of that, you could take the box and connect it to our bigger system, which we'll get to in a bit, and, and start daisy-chaining cameras and just adding cameras as many cameras as you want. So it, it's quite a diverse little product. Uh, hey, Tom, if I could just add a little note. Uh, you had mentioned the X-Rite i1 Pro that you uh -huh. saw at Omega. Mm -hmm. uh, it should be pointed out that higher-end users or post houses also have the ability to use the Klein K10 and the Photo Research 655-670 uh, probes with the IS Mini as well. Cool. Well, I, as I said, I have it here. I've run both the uh, the i1 Pro and I have a Klein 10A. And uh, recently, I I thought, well, just for curiosity's sake, I thought I'd take this FSI monitor I have and put the uh, IS Mini in front of it and let it run the software which you guys have, which you should be talking about here. We'll talk about that in a second. And it's very easy to use. Got it set up. Ran the four, what was it, like 4,126 patches. <laughs> yeah. You're a masochist. The whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to do the whole thing. And uh, it, it, did, it didn't take as long as I thought. I mean, it takes two, a couple hours, I guess, or three hours. But, uh, but it looks beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. I, ironically, I would say 95% of the time, the smaller patch set, which is 165, is all that's necessary. Yeah. Uh, the 4,000 really helps if you've got, uh, say, a plasma or a projector that may be difficult. But it's way overkill for basically every any OLED or LCD on the market. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I was just, you know. Going for the gold there. Um, uh, oh. so, yeah, yeah. With the 165, I mean, it uh, it does the profile in about five minutes of the time it takes you to walk to the to the craft truck and get a, a cup of coffee and come back, and it's done. Yeah, and that that's that's absolutely absolutely perfect. Uh, I noticed you include both um, a Mac and a PC version. I thought that was pretty smart. Yeah, they're they're identical. There's absolutely no difference between the two. Mm -hmm. They work just the same, and the software gets updated pretty regularly like uh, there's usually a, a new build every few weeks we add improvements to it and new features all the time the LUTs did we mention the 3D LUTs yes I was about to say that next uh, okay. I mean one other key feature to the mini that we have that no one else is doing right now is that we have a 26 sided cube 
uh, ability in the box. Let me say that again. Uh, we have the ability to add a 26-sided cube to the box, whereas uh, our competitors on the lower-end boxes, and actually some of the higher-end boxes, uh, only hold 17-sided cubes. So what that means in layman's terms is you get a more precise image. If you throw up a, like a focus chart, for example, and, you, and you're shooting it through your camera and you're looking at a 17-sided cube, and then you compare it with a 26-sided cube, you're not going to get bandy and you're not going to get any of that, that ugliness that you tend to get with a smaller size cube. So you get more precision. Um, you get a nicer-looking image in general. So that's kind of the, the nice thing about it without actually spending a lot of money on a, on a higher-end box that may hold a larger cube size. Well, yeah, I mean, that's always, I think, useful for people to hear is you buy this gear, what's it really do for you? I mean, from a con context point of view, the folks in LA that are doing you know some of the higher end productions there's a great deal of familiarity with the process and the workflow and what you gain but for you know other parts of the country the more regional type shoots that are going on and things like that they know they need to up the game and improve their production quality they don't really know visually what it's going to do when you add that sort of thing in I mean I know for me I just it just seems like there's like magically there was some colors that maybe just weren't quite showing through all the way and once that 26 sided you know lead is put in place it's like wow it almost has more three dimension to it you know hey, tom well, did you look at some of the aces lots that i gave you uh no i haven't had a chance to do that what what would that do for me tell me about well that. there's a, there's a couple of things like i have a, a couple of shooters that have uh is minis with their 55s and the 55 is a great camera it's yeah. really really a nice camera it but is. one of the 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 shortcomings on it is it only holds a 1d lut um, inside the camera. And so when you look at 709 through the camera natively, where it's doing its S-Log to 709 conversion in there, it's, it doesn't look the greatest. And Sony themselves even have been recommending our, our box. And a lot of our shooters are using an Asus LUT that takes 709, I'm sorry, that takes S-Log to 709 and, and does the conversion in a 3D LUT and on the 26-sided cube. So it looks... Really, really good, and I get a lot of comments. It's just there's more color. It just looks yeah. better. Yeah, exactly. You know, and there's uh, there's a really a nice benefit of the calibration function as well that actually uh, is probably more relevant outside of the big production markets like L.A. and New York, mm -hmm. which is when you are talking lower budgets or you are talking places where $25,000 monitors are not available at all, Right. A lot of people could be doing shoots on basically things they're buying from a big box store, just a plain old HDMI monitor. Exactly. The colors on those things are kind of dicey. Uh, you're basically relying on the the in you know the built-in circuitry that the manufacturer has put in, perhaps on the cheap to make the colors look right. So the nice thing about having a hardware software solution like um, you know our IS Mini Manager app with the with the Mini Manager is you can build a profile. It doesn't care what monitor you put it on. It doesn't mm -hmm. care what it's attached to. Mm -hmm. It's going to build the correct 709 or P3 uh, profile to make the colors on that monitor look correct. And that's especially uh, valuable if you have more than one monitor on the set because let's say you know one could be a Panasonic, one could be a JVC, one <laughs> could be an Ikigami, and guess what? With a with a mini on each one of them, they're all going to look exactly alike. It's yeah. really amazing. I'm glad you brought that up because that's a really common occurrence here. P3 
people have uh, gear that they've bought that they drag out in the field with them that's from a big box store, exactly like you said. So, okay, let's move on. The other part of the story here is the box called the IS-100. And I actually saw that Omega broadcast. looks kind of like a large black uh, stereo receiver, but it got a lot of network connections on the back of it. Tell us a little bit about that. That is a very, very complex, detailed, extremely powerful system that's designed for live camera signal monitoring. Hmm. And it also does monitor profiling. It's built into it. So it has the same software that the Mini has. But it's designed for the DIT and the director of photography to create their looks on the set using the live camera image, which is a whole lot better than doing it in pre-production in some kind of a prep bay. Yeah. Having, having said that it's very complex and powerful, the interface, which works on an iPad, is amazingly simple. It takes all of five minutes to learn how to do And you don't need to know anything about color science nice. because you basically look at the monitor and touch and drag on your iPad and get it to look the way you want it. It's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic in that regard. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Well, let's talk about use cases then. Uh, I think this will kind of help pull it all together. I was talking to Michael LaFuente earlier and he'd mentioned a number of places and scenarios and production environments where this is being used. And I think that really helps tell the story a little bit better. Talk yeah, we, we were approached by uh, Wow Wow TV in Japan. And for some of your listeners that may not be familiar, Wow Wow is very big. They're, they're like HBO or Showtime. They do a lot of pay-per-view events. Oh. Um, and they, they have a very large channel in Japan. And they approached us. They wanted to do a, a large camera shoot. Um, basically, it was 28 cameras, I believe. Um, and they wanted to do a mix and match of cinema cameras with broadcast cameras. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to use those cameras to uh, record uh, the cinema cameras. That is, they wanted to use the cinema cameras to record to uh, RAW or uh, S-Log on ProRes for some Alexa cameras, as well as the 709 cameras that were broadcasting in people's homes. So what ended happening is we, we took all the cameras. We had them all matched to uh, 709. They were basically all matched together using a, a, a mix of IS minis and a couple of IS 100s. And they were all controlled via our interface that runs not just on the iPad, but also runs on a, a MacBook Pro. Uh, we had them all matching and went to a master control truck, which was then beamed to people's homes live. Nice. Um, at the end of the show, they basically pulled all the raw data off the cinema cameras and they were able to cut a cinematic and a, and a Blu-ray from it. So they, they killed two birds with one stone, essentially. They were able to, to use those cameras, which would traditionally be shooting film on stage or, or not be connected to the truck in general and just to be shooting the cinematic footage. And then mm-hmm. they were able to match that together with, with broadcast cameras like Ikigamis and Sony broadcast cameras and, and make use of all those SDI feeds coming off all the cameras in one go. Wow. Direct to record. And the, yeah, the, the magic ingredient on how we're able to match multiple cameras is all due to a new color management system that uh, hit the production world uh, a couple of years ago, but is only now finally being widely accepted. And that is something called ACES. Mm -hmm. And that's probably going to take a podcast all of its own to explain ACES. But it is a system that's industry-wide that was spearheaded by the Movie Academy, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences. And the box, our IS-100 system, uses this ACES fully 100% internally, but it, it's, it's, 
it has the ability to take any kind of camera uh, and all put it into the same color space. So you're doing all your grading inside this one huge, massively giant color space that eliminates clipping and gives you almost unlimited dynamic range. Yeah, that's actually one of my follow-ups. I've been kind of working towards Charles Poynton. Uh, I did an interview with him not long ago, and uh, we started getting into this in the interview. And I said, "It's an entirely new topic. Let's just fo- we need to just focus on that 100% on the next one." And you know, I've been hearing about it for the last couple of years, but I'm actually hearing it much more often now. And I think it just takes some teaching and making people aware of its use. Well, uh, guys, just roughly, what are we talking cost-wise for the IS Mini if you wanted to use it by itself and then, uh, and then what the IS 100 is? The IS Mini by itself is $1,300. It's $1,300. Yeah. Uh, with that, though, it's uh, the software is free. It's a download from our website, fujifilm.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you also, we have a bunch of uh, camera LUTs that are again free download uh, from our website nice. um, so it's actually a very affordable considering what it does it's a really affordable package and the IS 100 is thirty thousand dollars it's not cheap right. but uh, when you see what it does you'll understand that uh, it pays for itself in the savings when you get into DI and in post-production because right. you've done your looks already ahead of time right you're saving a lot of money in the DI suite which you know you know runs six seven hundred dollars a day or more uh, I'm sorry, an hour or more. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, those can be rented at rental houses uh, all around the country. And, and, and one thing I want to add too is, you let's say you have an IS100, it 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 automatically you can put run two cameras in the box, and if you own minis, you just connect them to the network. So all of a sudden, the the price of the IS100 just becomes more and more valuable because you just keep adding minis to it. You just kept keep adding these thirteen hundred dollar boxes, and you can. You could do as many cameras as you have network addresses, basically, uh, on the network. <laughs> Two hundred fifty-four, I guess. Yeah, that would that would be insanity, but you could do it. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. So, what's coming down um, down the pike here? We're coming into twenty fourteen. NAB uh, be coming up again in April. Uh, anything you guys want to talk about about what's next? On the mini side, we you know we just recently uh, added the ability to bring in True Light and. Uh, and DaVinci LUTs um, as an option, and we added the decline in the photo research probe over the summer. So some of the new things we're adding is uh, we have 3G support coming on the box. Currently, if you own an IS Mini, it, it only does single link 422, 1.5G essentially. So the 3G is just going to be a firmware update on the box, and then I think this, the ones that are shipping will actually have it on there soon. That's we'll put out an announcement for that when that comes down, and we've also added some stuff that we're working on. We added CTL support, so uh, I imagine a lot of your users and listeners here are not familiar with CTL, but CTL is a language that is that was developed uh, at ILM, and a lot of ACES stuff is based around CTL, and it gives you the ability to actually cascade CTL files, and you could bring in your IDT and your RRT and your ODT and put them in a nice file and bring them in. So that's going to be another option that will be available probably in the new year. What's what's CTL stand for? Uh, Color Color transfer transfer language, yeah. And what's very significant on it is anybody who's listening that's actually used CTL, they're, they're not easy to deal with. It takes a little bit of time to load. 
And because our box is designed around uh, Asus, even the Mini, it loads in a millisecond. It's it's quite amazing. Everyone yeah. that I, uh, it's mostly color scientists want to use the CTL function in it, and all the color scientists I've shown the CTL function on it are are yeah. are pretty amazed. It's it pretty much loads the same speed, just like a lot. There's no difference on it. So it's it's quite quite a quite a quite a feat we've accomplished with that. So that 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 option's coming out in, in the new year. And, and on the IS100 front, uh, quite frankly, uh, we're always adding, they're, they're always tweaking the algorithms and the software to make it better and more accurate. And our engineers are actually quite responsive to requests for custom features. We have some systems out there and they've done some custom things at the request of some of the studios and post-productions out, here, out there that are using it. So Cool. That's the beauty of working with a professional group like that. So guys, did I leave anything out? What is it uh, people typically don't ask that you think they should in order to understand all this better the biggest thing is i still think there's surprisingly there's some people out there who don't understand why they want to calibrate their monitor um you know or or they simply go well you know i set it to uh you know i set it to normal so it's calibrated uh, yeah and i'm not trying to make fun of those people but that's just it's you, that's just going to get you in trouble, and yeah. it's uh, it's just not the way to. Yeah, you, you've got to be step up your game for that. So. Totally, totally. The first thing I did was was hook up the uh, SpectraCal uh, Calman and see how it would build a 3D light with it. Worked great, you know. It was, uh, so, you know, it's top on my list, but that happens to be my area where I'm most interested in. So, in yeah. it, so. Uh, but it is the big issue. I mean, if the displays aren't look, don't look right, then somebody's going to inherit the problem further down the line. And yeah, definitely so. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much. This is really quite interesting. And um, now I see why everyone's excited about this, especially having to uh, work with it. Many thanks to Omega Broadcast for that here in Austin. And um, you guys are supposed to be at NAB 2014? Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you then. I'll come by and say hi. And thanks very much for being on the show today. All right. Our thanks, pleasure. Tom.